0: BestBookBits.com presents Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, published back in 1937 and weighing in at 233 pages. Over 100 million copies have been sold worldwide. This is the end product of two decades of research conducted by Napoleon Hill. His research started when Andrew Carnegie, the steel tycoon, who was then the richest man on earth, gave him the assignment of organizing a philosophy of personal achievement. Hill, who was a poor journalist armed with just an introductory letter from Carnegie, set out to interview over 500 successful people, including Henry Ford, Thomas Edison, Alexander Graham Bell, John D. Rockefeller, George Eastman, William Wrigley Jr., and Charles M. Schwab. Hill then revealed the priceless wisdom of his research in the form of 13 Steps to Success in Think and Grow Rich and the 17 principles of success in courses and lectures he conducted. The written summary can be found on our website, bestbookbits.com. So without further ado, I bring the book summary of Think and Grow Rich. Introduction. Riches cannot always be measured in money. Money and material things are essential for freedom of body and mind, but there are some who will feel that the greatest of all riches can be evaluated only in terms of lasting friendships, Harmonious family relationships, sympathy, and understanding between business associates and introspective harmony, which brings one peace of mind, measurable only in spiritual values. All achievement, all earned riches, have their beginning in an idea. Truly, thoughts are things, and powerful things at that, when they are mixed with the definite of purpose, persistence, and a burning desire for their translation into riches or other material objects. It was what he thought that counted. It was what he thought that counted. When one is truly ready for a thing, it puts in its appearance. What a difference story men would have to tell if only they would adopt a definite purpose and stand by that purpose until it had the time to become an all-consuming obsession. Maybe young Barnes did not know it at that time, but his bulldog determination, his persistence in standing back of a single desire, was destined to mow down all opposition and bring him the opportunity he was seeking. When the opportunity came, it appeared in a different form, and from a different direction that Barnes had expected. That is one of the tricks of opportunity. It has a sly habit of slipping in by the back door, and often it comes disguised in the form of misfortune or temporary defeat. Perhaps this is why many fail to recognize opportunity. One really may think and grow rich. Definite knowledge that an intangible impulse of thought can be transmuted into its physical counterpart by the application of known principles. Failure is a trickster with a keen sense of irony and cunning. It takes a great delight in tripping one when success is almost within reach. It taught me to keep on keeping on, no matter how hard the going may be, a lesson I needed to learn before I could succeed in anything. One sound idea is all that one needs to achieve success. When you begin to think and grow rich, you will observe that riches begin with a state of mind, with definiteness of purpose, with little or no hard work. So did the spell of fear in the minds of people gradually fade away and become faith. One of the main weaknesses of mankind is the average man's familiarity with the word impossible. Success comes to those who become success conscious. Success comes to those who become success conscious. Another weakness found in altogether too many people is the habit of measuring everything and everyone by their own impressions and beliefs. Desire, knowing what one wants. You are the master of your own fate, the captain of your soul. Because we have the power to control our thoughts, that our brains become magnetized with the dominating thoughts which we hold in our minds. And by means with which no man is familiar, these magnets attract to us the forces, therefore the circumstances of life which harmonizes with the nature of our dominating thoughts. Chapter 1. Desire. The starting point of all achievement. The first step towards riches. He may have resembled a tramp, but his thoughts were those of a king. Barnes' desire was not a hope, it was not a wish, it was a keen pulsating desire which transcended everything else, it was definite. Barnes succeeded because he chose a definite goal, placed all his energies, all his willpower, all his effort, everything backed of that goal. He stood by his desire until it became the dominating obsession of his life and finally a fact. Every person who wins in any undertaking must be willing to burn his ships and cut all sources of retreat. Only by doing can one be sure of maintaining that state of mind, known as a burning desire to win, essential to success. Wishing will not bring riches. Wishing will not bring riches. But desiring riches with a state of mind that becomes an obsession when planning definite ways and means to acquire riches and backing those plans with persistence, which does not recognize failure, will bring riches. The method by which desire for riches can be transmuted into its financial equivalent consists of six definite practical steps. Visualize. First, fix in your mind the exact amount of money you desire. It is not sufficient merely to say, I want plenty of money. First, By definite as to the amount. There is a psychological reason for definiteness, which will be described in the subsequent chapter. Second, determine exactly what you intend to give in return for the money you desire. There is no such reality as something for nothing. Third, establish a definite date when you intend to possess the money you desire. Fourth, Create a definite plan for carrying out your desire, and begin at once, whether you are ready or not, to put this plan into action. Fifth, write out a clear, concise statement of the amount of money you intend to acquire. Name the timeline limit for its acquisition. State what you intend to give in return for the money, and describe clearly the plan through which you intend to accumulate it. Sixth, read your written statement aloud twice daily, once before retiring at night, And once after arising in the morning, as you read, see and feel and believe yourself already in the possession of the money. Only those who become money conscious ever accumulate great riches. Money consciousness means that the mind has become so thoroughly saturated with the desire for money that one can see oneself already in the possession of it. One must realize that all who have accumulated great fortunes first did a certain amount of dreaming, hoping, wishing desiring and planning before they acquired money. Every great leader from the dawn of civilization down to the present was a dreamer. There is one quality which one must possess to win, and that is definiteness of purpose, the knowledge of what one wants and a burning desire to possess it. This changed world requires practical dreamers who can and will put their dreams into action. The practical dreams have always been and always will be The pattern makers of civilization, the pattern makers of civilization, tolerance and open mind are practical necessities for the of the dreamer of today. You must catch the spirit of the great pioneers of the past. Success requires no apologies; failure permits no alibis. If the thing you wish to do is right and you believe it in it, go ahead and do it. Put your dreams across. And never mind what they say, if you meet with temporary defeat, for they perhaps do not know that every failure brings with it the seed of an equivalent success. The greatest achievement was at first and for a time, but a dream. Dreams are the seedling of reality. Awake, arise and assert yourself, you dreamers of the world. The world is filled with an abundance of opportunity which the dreamers of the past never knew. Being forced through misfortune to become acquainted with his other self, and to use his imagination, he discovered himself to be a great author. There is a difference between wishing for a thing and being ready to receive it. No one is ready for a thing until he believes he can acquire it. The state of mind must be belief, not mere hope or wish. Open-mindedness is essential for belief. Closed minds do not inspire faith, courage, and belief. Remember, no more effort is required to aim high in life, to demand abundance and prosperity, than is required to accept misery and poverty. The whole course of things goes to teach us faith. We need only obey. There is guidance for each of us, and by lowly listening, we shall hear the right word. Our only limitations are those we set up in our own minds. Handicaps can be converted into stepping stones of which one may climb towards some worthy goal, unless they are accepted as obstacles and used as alibis. Nothing is impossible to a person who backs desire with enduring faith. Strange and improbable is the power of the human mind. Nothing but his own desire to live saved him. I believe in the power of desire, so backed by faith, because I have seen this power lift men from the lonely beginnings to places of power and wealth. Chapter 2 Faith Visualization of and believe in the attainment of desire, the second step towards riches. Faith is the head chemist of the mind. Faith is the head chemist of the mind. When faith is blended with the vibration of thought, the subconscious mind instantly picks up the vibration, translates it into its spiritual equivalent, and transmits it to infinite intelligence. Faith is a state of mind which may be induced or created by affirmation or repeated instructions to the subconscious mind through the principle of auto-suggestion. Repetition of affirmation of orders to your subconscious mind is the only known method of voluntary development of the emotion of faith. Belief which is picked up by the subconscious mind and translated into its physical equivalent. By passing on to your subconscious mind any desire which you wished translated into its physical or monetary equivalent in a state of expectancy or belief that the transmutation will actually take place. Your belief or faith is the element which determines the action of your subconscious mind. A mind dominated by positive emotions becomes a favorable abode for the state of mind known as faith. A mind so dominated may, at will, give the subconscious mind instructions, which it will accept and act upon immediately. Faith is a state of mind which may be induced by auto-suggestion. Have faith in yourself, faith in the infinite. Faith is the internal elixir which gives life, power, and action to impulse of thought. Faith is the starting point of all Faith is the basis of all miracles and all mysteries which cannot be analyzed by the rules of science. Faith is the only known antidote for failure. Faith is the only known antidote for failure. Every man is what he is because of the dominating thoughts which he permits to occupy his mind. Thoughts which a man deliberately places in his own mind and encourages with sympathy and with which he mixes any one or more of the emotions constitute the motivating forces which direct and control his every movement, act, and deed. Thoughts which are mixed with any of the feelings of emotions constitute a magnetic force which attracts from the vibrations of the ether of similar or related thoughts. Any idea, plan, or purpose may be placed in the mind through repetition of thought that your greatest weakness is the lack of self-confidence." I realize the dominating thoughts in my mind will eventually reproduce themselves in outward physical action and gradually transform themselves into physical reality. I know through the principle of auto-suggestion any desire that I persistently hold in my mind will eventually seek expression through some practical means of attaining the object. I have clearly written down a description of my definite chief aim in life and I will never stop trying until I shall have developed sufficient self-confidence For its attainment, the subconscious mind, the chemical laboratory in which all thought impulses are combined and made ready for the translation into physical reality, makes no distinction between constructive and destructive thought impulses. It works with the material we feed it through our thought impulses. The subconscious mind will translate into reality a thought driven by fear just as readily as it will translate into reality a thought driven by courage or faith life's battles don't always go to the stronger or faster man but sooner or late the man who wins is the man who thinks he can abraham lincoln was a failure at everything he tried until he was well past the age of 40 it is a known fact that the emotion of love is closely akin to the state of mind known as faith and this is the reason that love comes very near to translating one's thought impulses into their spiritual equivalent influence of a woman's love back of nearly every one of them. The emotion of love in the human heart and brain creates a favorable field of magnetic attraction, which causes an influx of the higher and finer vibrations which are afloat in the ether. Understand how ideas have been converted into huge fortunes. Riches begin in the form of thought. Riches begin in the form of thought. The amount is limited only by the person in whose mind the thought is put into motion. Faith removes limitations. There are no limitations to the mind except those we acknowledge. Both poverty and riches are the offspring of thought. Chapter 3. Auto-suggestion The medium for influencing the subconscious mind. The third step towards riches. Auto-suggestion is a term which applies to all suggestions and all self-administered stimuli, which reaches one's mind through the five senses. Stated in another way, auto-suggestion. Nature has so built man that he has absolute control over the material which reaches his subconscious mind through his five senses. Although this is not meant to be constructed as a statement that man always exercises this control. In this great majority of instances, he does not exercise it, which explains why so many people go through life in poverty. Communicate the object of your desire directly to your subconscious mind in a spirit of absolute faith. Through repetition of this procedure, you voluntarily create thought habits which are favorable to your efforts to transmute desire into its monetary equivalent. If you repeat a million times the famous in Mal Cura formula, day by day, in every way, I'm getting better and better. Without mixing emotion and faith with your words, you will experience no desirable results. Your subconscious mind recognizes and acts upon only thoughts, which have been well mixed with emotion or feelings. Plain, unemotional words do not influence the subconscious mind. Remember, there is no such possibility as something for nothing. Ability to reach and influence your subconscious mind has its price, and you must pay that price. Your ability to use the principle of auto-suggestion will depend very largely upon your capacity to concentrate upon a given desire until that desire becomes a burning obsession. Faith is the strongest, most productive of the emotions. Skepticism in connection with any new ideas is characteristic of all human beings. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. Man may become the master of himself and of his environment because he has the power to influence his subconscious mind and through it gain the cooperation of infinite intelligence. Chapter 4. Specialized Knowledge Personal Experiences or Observations The Fourth Step Towards Riches There are two kinds of knowledge. One is general. The other is specialized. General knowledge, no matter how great in quantity or variety it may be, is of but little use in the accumulation of money. The faculties of the great universities possess, in the aggregate, particularly every form of general knowledge known to civilization. Most of the professors have but little or no money. They specialize on teaching knowledge, but they do not specialize of the organization or the use of knowledge. Knowledge will not attract money unless it is organized and intelligently directed through practical plans of action to the definite end of accumulation of money. Knowledge is only potential power. It becomes power only when and if it is organized into definite plans of action and directed to a definite end. An educated man is one who has so developed the faculties of his mind that he may acquire anything he wants or its equivalent, without violating the rights of others. Any man is educated who knows where to get knowledge which he needs it, and how to organize that knowledge into definite plans of action. Men sometimes go through life suffering from inferiority complexes, because they are not men of education. It pays to know how to purchase knowledge. It pays to know how to purchase knowledge. As knowledge is acquired, it must be organized and put into use. For a definite purpose, through practical plans. Knowledge has no value except that which can be gained from its application towards some worthy end. This is the one reason why college degrees are not valued more highly. They represent nothing but miscellaneous knowledge. Successful men in all callings never stop acquiring specialized knowledge related to their major purpose, business or profession. One of the strange things about human beings is that they value only that which has a price. There is one weakness in people for which there is no remedy. It is the universal weakness of lack of ambition. The person who stops studying merely because he has finished school is forever hopelessly doomed to mediocrity, no matter what may be his calling. The way of success is the way of continuous pursuit of knowledge. Specialized knowledge plus imagination were the ingredients that went into this unique and successful business. The beginning of this successful business was an idea. Doing a thing well never is trouble. Doing a thing well is never trouble. It should be remembered also that the outlook from the bottom is not so bright or encouraging. It has a tendency to kill off ambition. We call it getting into a rut, which means that we accept our fate because we form the habit of of daily routine a habit that finally becomes so strong we cease to th- try to throw it off all the world loves a winner and has no time for a loser that we rise to high positions or remain at the bottom conditions we can control if we desire to control them both success and failure are largely the result of habit both success and failure are largely the results of habit. Ideas with much less merit have been the seedlings from which great fortunes have grown. The idea is capable of yielding an income far greater than that of the average doctor, lawyer or engineer whose education required several years in college. There is no fixed price for sound ideas. Capability means imagination, and the one quality needed to combine specialized knowledge with ideas in the form of organized plans designed to yield riches the idea is the main thing chapter five imagination the workshop of the mind the fifth step towards riches the imagination is literally the workshop wherein are fashioned all plans created by the man the impulse to desire is given shape form and action through the aid of the imaginative faculty of the mind Man can create anything which he can imagine. Man's only limitations, within reason, lies in his development and use of his imagination. Desire is only a thought, an impulse. Desire is thought impulse. Thought impulses are forms of energy. Ideas are the beginning points of all fortunes. Ideas are the products of imagination. Learn by doing. God seems to throw himself on the side of the man who knows exactly what he wants, if he is determined to get just that. An idea is an impulse of thought that impales action by the appeal to the imagination. There is no standard price on ideas. The creator of ideas makes his own price and, if he is smart, gets it. The story of practically every great fortune starts with the day when a creator of ideas and a seller of ideas got together and worked in harmony. The idea of organizing the principles of achievement into a philosophy of success. Ideas are like that. First you give life and action and guidance to ideas, then they take on power of their own and sweep aside all opposition. Ideas are intangible forces, but they have more power than the physical brains that give birth to them. Do unto others as you would have others do unto you. Success requires no explanations. Failure permits no alibis. And chapter six, organized planning, the crystallization of desire into action, the sixth step towards riches. Everything man creates or requires begins in the form of desire. Majority of men meet with failure because of their lack of persistence in creating new plans to take the place of those which fail. The most intelligent man living cannot succeed in accumulating money, nor in any other undertaking without plans, which are practical and workable. Temporary defeat should mean only one thing, the certain knowledge that there is something wrong with your plans. Millions of men go through life in misery and poverty because they lack a sound plan through which to accumulate a fortune. Your achievement can be no greater than your plans are sound. No man is ever whipped until he quits in his own mind. No follower of this philosophy can reasonably expect to accumulate a fortune without experiencing temporary defeat. When defeat comes, accept it as a signal that your plans are not sound. Rebuild those plans and set sail once more toward your converted goal. If you give up before your goal has been reached, you are a quitter. A quitter never wins and a winner never quits. Money of itself is nothing but inert matter. It cannot move, think or talk, but it can hear when a man who desire it calls it to come. Broadly speaking, there are two types of people in the world. One type is known as leaders and the other as followers. The major attributes of leadership. Number one, unwavering courage based upon knowledge of self and of one's occupation. Two, self-control. The man who cannot control himself can never control others. And three, a kind sense of justice. Four, definiteness of decision. Five, definiteness of plans. The successful leader must plan his work and work his plan. A leader who moves by guesswork without practical, definite plans is comparable to a ship without a rudder. Sooner or later, it will land on the rocks. Number six, The habit of doing more than paid for. 7. A pleasing personality. 8. Sympathy and understanding. 9. Mastery of detail. 10. Willingness to assume full responsibility. And 11. Cooperation. Leadership by consent of the followers is the only brand which can endure. The greatest among ye shall be the servant of all. The world does not pay men for that which they know. It pays them for what they do or induce others to do. Remember that is not the lawyer who knows the most law, but the one who best prepares his case who wins. Successful salesmen groom themselves with care. If the position you seek is worth having, it is worth going after with care. Every company is looking for men who can give something of value whether it be ideas, services or connections. Every company has room for the man who has a definite plan of action which is to the advantage of that company. Times have changed. The public be damned policy is now passed. It has been supplanted by the we are obligingly at your service sir policy. The wages of sin is death. Whatever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. QQS formula. Number 1, quality of service shall be constructed to mean the performance of every detail in connection with your position in the most efficient manner possible with the object of greater efficiency always in mind. Number 2, quality of service shall be understood to mean that the habit of rendering all service of which you are capable at all times with the purpose of increasing the amount of service rendered as greater skill is developed through practice and experience emphasis is again placed on the word habit and number three spirit of service shall be constructed to mean that the habit of agreeable harmonious conduct which will induce cooperation from associates and fellow employees money is worth no more than brains money is worth no more than brains it is often worth much less Competent brains is effectively marketed represent a much more desirable form of capital that the which is required to conduct a business dealings in commodities because brains are a form of capital which cannot be permanently depreciated through depressions nor can this form of capital be stolen or spent. Moreover, the money which is essential for the conduct of business is as worthless as a sand dune until it has been mixed with efficient brains the 30 major causes of failure how many are holding you back life's great tragedies consist of men and women who earnestly try and fail major causes of failure number one unfavorable hereditary background number two lack of a well-defined purpose in life there is no hope of success for the person who does not have a central purpose or definite goal at which to aim number three lack of ambition to aim above mediocrity Number four, insufficient education. Any person who is educated is the one who has learned to get whatever he wants in life without violating the rights of others. Number five, lack of self-discipline. Discipline Discipline comes through self-control. This means that one must control all negative qualities before you can control conditions. You must first control yourself. Number six, ill health. No person may enjoy outstanding success without good health. 7. Unfavorable environmental influences during childhood. 8. Procrastination. Start where you stand and work with whatever tools you may have at your command, and better tools will be found as you go along. 9. Lack of persistence. There is no substitute for persistence. Failure cannot cope with persistence. 10. Negative personality. 11. Lack of controlled sexual urge. 12 uncontrolled desire for something for nothing 13 lack of a strong power of decision 14 one or more of the six basic fears 15 poor selection of a mate in marriage and 16 overcaution. 17 wrong selection of associates in business 18 superstition and prejudice superstition is a form of fear it is also a sign of ignorance Men who succeed keep open minds and are afraid of nothing. 19. Wrong selection of vocation. 20. Lack of concentration of effort. 21. The habit of discriminant spending. From the habit of systematic saving, we put aside a definite percentage of your income. Money in the bank gives one a very safe foundation of courage when marketing for the sale of personal services. Without money, one must take what one is offered and be glad to get it. 22. Lack of enthusiasm. 23. Intolerance. 24. Intemperance. 25. Inability to cooperate with others. 26. Possession of power that was not acquired through self-effort. 27. Intentional dishonesty. 28. Egotism and vanity. 29. Guessing instead of thinking. And 30, lack of capital. It is one thing to want money. Everyone wants more. But it is something entirely different to be worth more. Many people mistake their wants for their just dues. Your financial requirements or wants have nothing whatsoever to do with your worth. Your value is established entirely by your ability to render a useful service or your capacity to induce others to render such service. Moreover, the yearly analysis should disclose a decrease in faults and an increase in virtues. One goes ahead, stands still, or goes backwards in life. One's object should be, of course, to go ahead. The name of this mysterious benefactor of mankind is capital. Capital consists not alone of money, but more practically of highly organized, intelligent groups of men who plan ways and means of using money efficiently, for the good of the public, and profitably to themselves. Set up to the front, select what you want, create your plan, put the plan into action, and follow through with persistence. Law of Economics Chapter 7 Decision The Mastery of Procrastination The Seventh Step Towards Riches Procrastination, the opposite of decision, is a common enemy which practically every man must conquer. The habit of rendering decisions promptly and of changing these decisions slowly, if and when they were changed. Opinions are the cheapest commodities on earth. Opinions are the cheapest commodities on earth. Everyone has a flock of opinions ready to be wished upon anyone who will accept them. If you are influenced by opinions when you reach decision, you will not succeed in any undertaking, much less in that of transmuting your own desire into money. Close friends and relatives, while not meaning to do so, often handicap one through opinions and sometimes through ridicule, which is meant to be humorous. Thousands of men and women carry inferiority complexes with them all through life, because some well-meaning but ignorant person destroyed their confidence through opinions or ridicule. Genuine wisdom is usually conspicuous through modesty and silence. Let one of your first decisions be to keep a closed mouth and open ears and eyes. The value of decisions depend upon the courage required to render them. The great decisions which served as the foundation of civilization were reached by assuming great risks which often meant the possibility of death. By decisions made in a similar spirit of faith, and only by such decisions can men solve their personal problems, and win for themselves higher states of material and spiritual wealth. Let us not forget this thought, backed by strong desire, has a tendency to transmute itself into its physical equivalent. Those who reach decisions promptly and definitely know what they want, and generally, get it. Chapter 8, Persistence The sustained effort necessary to induce faith. The eighth step towards riches. Persistence is an essential factor in the procedure of transmuting desire into its monetary equivalent. The basis of persistence is the power of will. Willpower and desire, when properly combined, make an irresistible pair. The starting point of all achievement is desire. The starting point of all achievement is desire. Keep this constantly in mind. Weak desires bring weak results, just as small amounts of fire make a small amount of heat. Your subconscious mind works continuously while you are awake and while you are asleep. To get results, you must apply all of the rules until the application becomes a fixed habit with you. In no other way can you develop the necessary money consciousness. The money consciousness must be created to order unless one is born with such a consciousness. Catch the full significance of the statement in the preceding paragraph, and you will undertake the importance of persistence in the accumulation of a fortune. Without persistence, you will be defeated, even before you start. With persistence, you will win. There is no substitute for persistence. It cannot be supplanted by any other quality. Those who have cultivated the habit of persistence seem to enjoy insurance against failure. No matter how many times they are defeated, they finally arrive up toward the top of the ladder. Sometimes it appears that there is a hidden guide whose duty is to test men through all sorts of discouraging experiences. Those who pick themselves up after defeat and keep on trying arrive, and the world cries, bravo, I knew you could do it. The hidden guides lets no one enjoy great achievement without passing the persistence test. Those who can't take it simply do not make the grade. Every failure brings with it the seed of an equivalent advantage. They are the ones who have not accepted defeat as being anything more than temporary. They are the ones whose desires are so persistently applied that defeat is finally changed into victory. They lack the courage to keep on keeping on until Broadway become tired of turning them away foundation of persistence persistence is a state of mind therefore it can be cultivated like all states of mind number one definiteness of purpose knowing what one wants is the first and perhaps the most important step toward the development of persistence a strong motive forces one to surmount many difficulties number two desire Three, self-reliance. Belief in one's ability to carry out a plan encourages one to follow the plan through with persistence. Four, definiteness of plans, organized plans. Number five, accurate knowledge. Six, cooperation. Seven, willpower. The habit of concentrating one's thoughts upon the building of plans for the attainment of a definite purpose leads to persistence. And number eight, habit. Persistence is the direct result of habit. The mind absorbs and becomes a part of a daily experience upon which it feeds. Fear, the worst of all enemies, can be effectively cured by forced repetition of acts of courage. Forced repetition of acts of courage. Symptoms of lack of persistence. Lack of interest in acquiring specialized knowledge. Weakness of desire. Due to neglect in the choice of motives that impel action. The habit of neglecting to move on ideas or to grasp opportunity when it presents itself. Fear of criticism. Failure to create plans and put them into action because of what other people will think, do or say. This enemy belongs at the head of the list because it generally exists in one subconscious mind while its presence is not recognized. Most ideas are stillborn and need the breath of life injected into them through definite plans of immediate action. The time to nurse an idea is at the time of its birth. Every minute it lives gives it a better chance of surviving. The starting point is definiteness of purpose. Definiteness of purpose. Riches do not respond to witches. Riches do not respond to wishes. They respond only to definite plans backed by definite desires through constant persistence. How to develop persistence. Number one, a definite purpose backed by burning desire for its fulfillment. Number two, a definite plan expressed in a continuous action. Number three, a mind closed tightly against all negative and discouraging influences, including negative suggestions of relatives, friends and acquaintances and number four a friendly alliance with one or more persons who will encourage you to follow through with both plan and purpose when a group of individual brains are coordinated and function in harmony the increased energy created through through that alliance becomes available to every individual brain in the group chapter nine the power of the mastermind the driving force the ninth step towards riches That power, when successfully used in the pursuit of money, must be mixed with faith. It must be mixed with desire. It must be mixed with persistence. It must be applied through a plan, and that plan must be set into action. Poverty may, and generally does, voluntarily take the place of riches. When riches take the place of poverty, the change is usually brought about through well-conceived and carefully executed plans. Poverty needs no plan. Poverty needs no plan. It needs no one to aid it because it is bold and ruthless. Riches are shy and timid. They have to be attracted. Anybody can wish for riches, and most people do, but only a few know that a definite plan, plus a burning desire for wealth, is the only dependable means of accumulating wealth. Chapter 10 The Mystery of Sex Transmutation. The Tenth Step Towards Riches. A better definition of a genius is a man who has discovered how to increase the vibration of thought to the point where he can freely communicate with sources of knowledge not available through the ordinary rate of vibration of thought. Genius is developed through the sixth sense. It is a fact well known to people who have keen imaginations that their best ideas come through so-called hunches. The sixth sense is the faculty which marks the difference between a genius and an ordinary individual. The human mind responds to stimulation. The human mind responds to stimulation. The desire for sexual expression is far the strongest and most appealing of all human emotions, and for this very reason, this desire, when harnessed and transmuted into action, other than that of the physical expression, may arise one to the state of genius. The world is ruled and the destiny of civilization is established by the human emotions. People are influenced in their actions, not by reason so much as by feelings. The creative faculty of mind is set into action entirely by emotions and not by cold reason. The most powerful of all human emotions is that of sex. A teacher who was trained and directed the efforts of more than 30,000 salespeople made the astounding discovery that highly sexed men are the most efficient salesmen. The explanation is that the factor of personality known as personal magnetism is nothing more nor less than sex energy. Highly sexed people always have plentiful supply of magnetism. When employing a salesman, the more capable sales managers look for the quality of personal magnetism as the first requirement of a salesman. People who lack sex energy will never become enthusiastic nor inspire others with enthusiasm. And enthusiasm is one of the most important requirements in salesmanship, no matter what one is selling. Every intelligent person knows that stimulation in excess through alcoholic drink and narcotics is a form of intemperance which destroys the vital organs of the body, including the brain. Hypochondriac, imaginary illness. A man may, because of reason, make certain changes in his personal conduct to avoid the consequences of undesirable efforts. But genuine reformation only comes through a change of heart, through a desire to change. The mind is a creature of habit. The mind is a creature of habit. It thrives upon the dominating thoughts. Feed it. Control of the mind. Through the power of will, it is not difficult. Control comes from persistence and habit. Control comes from persistence and habit. The emotion of love brings out and develops the artistic and the ascetic nature of man. It leaves its impress upon one's very soul, even after fire has been subdued by time and circumstance. Memories of love never pass. Memories of love never pass. They linger, guide, and influence long after the source of stimulation has faded. There is nothing new in this. Every person who has been moved by genuine love knows that it leaves enduring traces upon the human heart. The effect of love endures, because love is spiritual in nature. The man who cannot be stimulated by a great height of achievement by love is hopeless. He is dead, though he may seem to live. All love experiences are beneficial, except to the person who becomes resentful and cynical when love makes its departure. Love is spiritual while sex is biological. No experience which touches the human heart with a spiritual force can possibly be harmful, except through ignorance or jealousy. Love is an emotion with many sides, shades, and colors. The love which one feels for the parents or children is quite different from that which one feels for one's sweetheart. One is mixed with the emotion of sex, while the other is not. The making and breaking is a result of the wife's understanding or lack of understanding of the emotions of love, sex, and romance. Man's greatest motivating force is his desire to please women. Man has the same desire to please women that he had before the dawn of civilization. The only thing that has changed is his method of pleasing. Chapter 11. The Subconscious Mind. The Connecting Link. The 11th Step Towards Riches. The subconscious mind consists of a field of consciousness, in which every impulse of thought that reaches the objective mind through any of the five senses is classified and recorded, and from which thoughts may be recalled or withdrawn as letters may be taken from a filing cabinet. It receives and files sense of impressions or thoughts, regardless of their nature. It may be voluntary plant in your subconscious mind, any plan, thought or purpose, which you desire to translate into its physical or monetary equivalent. The subconscious acts first on the dominating desires which have been mixed with emotional feelings, such as faith. You cannot entirely control your subconscious mind, but you can voluntarily hand it over to any plan, des- desire, or purpose which you wish transformed into concrete form. There is plenty of evidence to support the belief that the subconscious mind is the connecting link between the finite mind of man and the infinite intelligence. The very fact that the subconscious mind is the medium of communication which almost paralyzes one's reason. Thoughts which go out from one's mind and embed themselves deeply in one's subconscious mind where they serve as a magnet, pattern or blueprint by which the subconscious mind is influenced while translating them into their physical equivalent. Emotion or feelings rules the majority of people. Emotion or feelings rules the majority of people. Every human brain is capable of picking up the vibrations of the seven major positive emotions. Desire, faith, love, sex, enthusiasm, romance, hope. The seven major negative emotions to be avoided. Fear, jealousy, hatred, revenge, greed, superstition, anger. Chapter 12, The Brain. A broadcasting and receiving station for thought the 12th step towards riches every human brain is both a receiving station for the vibration of thought every human brain is capable of picking up vibrations of thought which are being released by other brains the subconscious mind is a sending station of the brain through which vibrations of thought are broadcast the creative imagination is a receiving set through which the vibrations of thought are picked up from the ether. Chapter 13, The Sixth Sense The door to the temple of wisdom, the thirteenth step towards riches. The sixth sense probably is the medium of contact between the finite mind of man, infinite intelligence, and for this reason, it is a mixture of both the mental and the spiritual. Emulate the great by feeling and action as nearly as possible. All men have become what they are because of their dominating thoughts and desires. I knew that every deeply-seated desire has the effect of causing one to seek outward expression through which that desire may be transmuted into reality. Your own thoughts and desires serve as the magnet which attracts. Somewhere in the cell structure of the brain is located an organ which receives vibrations of thought ordinarily called hunches. Nearly all great leaders such as Napoleon, Bismarck, Joan of Arc, Christ, Buddha, Confucius, and Muhammad understood and probably made use of the sixth sense almost continuously. The major portion of their greatness consisted of their knowledge of this principle. The starting point of all achievement is desire. The starting point of all achievement is desire. The finishing point is that brand of knowledge which leads to understanding, understanding of self, understanding of others, understanding of the laws of nature, recognition and understanding of happiness. Chapter 14, Outwitting the Six Ghosts of Fear. How many of these ghosts are standing in your way? Understanding the three enemies which you shall have to clear out. These are indecision, doubt and fear. Indecision crystallizes into doubt. The two blend and become fear. Before we can master an enemy, we must know its name, its habits, and its place of abode. The six basic fears, the fear of poverty, criticism, ill health, loss of love, old age, death. Fears are nothing more than states of mind. One state of mind is subject to control and direction. Man can create nothing which is not first conceived in the form of an impulse of thought. Man's thought impulses begin immediately to translate themselves into their physical equivalent, whether those thoughts are voluntary or involuntary. Thought impulses which are picked up through the ether by mere chance, thoughts which have been released by other minds, may determine one's financial, business, professional, or social destiny, just as surely as do the thought impulses which one creates by intent and design. Nature has endowed man with the absolute control over but one thing, and that is thought. If you want riches, you must refuse to accept any circumstance that leads towards poverty. The starting point of the path that leads to riches is desire. If you demand riches, determine what form, and how much will be required to satisfy you. The only thing you can control, and that is a state of mind. A state of mind is something that one assumes It cannot be purchased. It must be created. Fear of poverty is a state of mind, nothing else. Fear of poverty is a state of mind, nothing else. Nothing standing between us and our desires, except in lack of a definite purpose. Self-analysis may disclose weakness which one does not like to acknowledge. This form of examination is essential to all who demand of life more than mediocrity and poverty. Face the facts squarely. Ask yourself definite questions and demand direct replies. Symptoms of fear of poverty. Indifference. Indecision. Doubt. Worry. Overcaution. Procrastination. Symptoms of the fear of criticism. Self-consciousness. Lack of poise. Personality. Inferiority complex. Extravagance. Lack of of initiative, lack of ambition. Powerful and mighty is the human mind. It builds or it destroys. Symptoms of the fear of ill health. Negative auto-suggestion. Hypochondria. Lack of exercise. Susceptibility. Self-coodling. temperaments Symptoms of the fear of loss of love. Jealousy. Fault-finding. Gambling. Man's most useful years, mentally and spiritually, are those between 40 and 60. Death will come, no matter what anyone may think about it. Accept it as a necessity and pass the thought out of your mind. It must be a necessity or it would not come to all. Perhaps it is not as bad as it has been pictured. Worry is a state of mind based upon fear. An unsettled mind is helpless. Indecision makes an unsettled mind. Most individuals lack the willpower to reach decisions promptly and to stand by them after they have been made, even during normal business conditions. The six basic fears become translated into a state of worry through indecision. Relieve yourself forever of the fear of death by reaching a decision to accept death as an inescapable event. Whip the fear of poverty by reaching a decision to get along with whatever wealth you can accumulate without worry. Put your foot upon the neck of fear of criticism by reaching a decision not to worry about what other people think, do, or say. Eliminate the fear of old age by reaching a decision to accept it, not as a handicap, but as a great blessing which carries with it wisdom, self-control, and understanding not known to youth. Acquit yourself of the fear of ill health by the decisions to forget symptoms. Master the fear of loss, of love, By reaching a decision to get along without love, if that is necessary. Kill the habit of worry in all its forms, by reaching a general, blanket decision, that nothing which life has to offer is worth the price of worry. With this decision will come poise, peace of mind, and calmness of thought, which will bring happiness. Mental telepathy is a reality. Thoughts pass from one mind to another, voluntary, whether or not this is fact is recognized by either the person releasing the thought or the person who picks those thought. You may control your own mind. You have the power to feed it whatever thought impulses you choose. Recognize the fact that you and every other human being are by nature lazy, indifferent, susceptible to all suggestions which harmonize with your weakness. Recognize that you are by nature susceptible to all six basic fears and set up Habits for the purpose of counteracting all these fears. Think and act for yourself. The most common weakness of all human beings is the habit of leaving their minds open to the negative influence of other people. Try willpower instead. If you fail to control your own mind, you may be sure you will control nothing else. Mind control is the result of self-discipline and habit. You either control your mind or it controls you. There is no halfway compromise. The most practical of all methods for controlling the mind is the habit of keeping it busy with a definite purpose, backed by a definite plan. A man's alibi is the child of his own imagination. Habits are difficult to break, especially when they provide justification for something we do. Plato had this truth in his mind when he said, The first and best victory is to conquer self. To be conquered by self is, of all things, the most shameful and vile. It was a great surprise to me when I discovered that the most of ugliness I saw in others was but a reflection of my own nature. Life is a checkerboard, and you, the player. Opposite you is time. If you hesitate before moving or neglect to move promptly, your men will be wiped off the board by time. You are playing against a partner who will not tolerate indecision. And that's a wrap on this amazing book. Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Subscribe to our channel and take a look at the hundreds of book summaries uploaded previously. To find hundreds of written summaries, check out our website, bestbookbits.com and for hundreds of audio podcast summaries, find us on mixcloud.com forward slash bestbookbits. Like and share if you got something from this summary and comment on what one thing stood out for you. Thanks for watching and have yourself an amazing day.